Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. So welcome to today's episode. And today we'll be talking about knowing when a piece of art is finished. And I think the hardest thing, aside from starting, is knowing when to stop. And if you don't stop when you should, you end up with something that's kind of stiff and overworked. So we're going to look at ways to avoid that. But before we get on to the topic, we just want to say a couple of thank yous really to some people um, who left us some really lovely reviews for our podcast. So we have got um, Firebolt underscore Cal. um, And she or he says, love these girls. Thank you. This podcast is full of down-to-earth art banter, tips and creative information, great guests, and I love visiting the website and being involved in the challenges. So I wonder if that person then is in our group, Tara, because it's difficult to know, isn't it, by the name tag? Yeah, it's so difficult to track people as well, from like Instagram to iTunes. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, but um, Firebolt, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate that. So Tara, you've got one as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got Mum of Four Kings. And she says, oh, Falling in Love was a title. Hello, so glad I found these ladies. So fun and gobs full of information. I'm not sure I like that (laughs) bit. (laughs) On top of it all, they have an amazing website with challenges, how-to videos and more. My top three podcasts now. A must for any creative. Thank you. It's a nice one. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, we really do appreciate that those it's really lovely it gives us a little warm feeling doesn't it thing is it's weird we don't get notified do we so it's not like anyone we don't get an email saying you have a nice new review (laughs) so every now and then we just we have to kind of have a little look check we haven't missed anybody out so um anyway also we want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media um so it's difficult to comment too much on the August challenges just yet, isn't it, Tara? Because we're recording this um, in, well, it's a week in, isn't it? Um, but in July, Cheryl Martin, she was creating some really lovely festive things for half past Christmas. She really got into that, didn't she? Yeah, she was great. I think she's all set up now for December. <laughs> I think she is, yeah. Uh, we've got Esther Arroyo. Uh, she dedicated the drawing upside down challenge to noses and she's really getting to grips with them now and anyone who struggles with noses by the way you should check out our art kick sunday video on youtube there are some tips on there if you're interested and we had everett watkins um did some really quirky digital art did you see those yes i did fantastic stuff yeah yeah really really good i'm still trying to get to grips with it myself um but yeah it's it's really great to see all of that popping up and flotty i don't know if it's flot or flotty fort um lovely work um from flot or flotty <laughs> do you know how you pronounce no, that no, no, no. <laughs> did you see the um uh, boy spraying graffiti on a wall that one i can't remember sorry oh no it was really good i really enjoyed um looking at that one in particular what about you what's caught your eye 
Um, yeah, I've got a few. And mine are from August. So Sue Watson, she's been doing some great animal drawings, and I really liked her elephants. Uh, I've got, I don't know how you say this, Seela Forster. She's making me laugh, doing some really funny stuff. So she's done a continuous line drawing with a bit of string on a back, background with her cat because it's supposed to be on a <laughs> non-white background. <laughs> and she, she's also done a drawing of a snail that I really liked and she used coffee and marmite because she was at work. <laughs> so quite creative. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then also I've liked Janelle... To whom, I don't know if I'm saying that right, her quick faces on toned paper, they are really nice. Plus, our monthly postcard swaps seem to be going down really well. I don't know if you've seen anything that people have been sharing. Yeah, I have. It's been so lovely to see. And it's really nice to see, you know, so many of our um, group members kind of connecting in that way. It's lovely. Yeah, I mean, what happens is we pair people up. Anyone who wants to take part, we pair them up randomly they swap addresses and they each create a little piece of art on a postcard, send it to each other. Mm. There'd be some fantastic yeah. ones, drawings, out of material, all sorts of stuff. Great, great stuff. You've you just got to hope that no one's an axe murderer. <laughs> if you're going to give them what? your address. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, don't, okay. I don't think we've got, I don't think we've got any axe murderers in our group. I think everyone's lovely. Who knows? No. Who knows? No. So what's new with you anyway? Well, partly the reason why I couldn't really comment too much on the August challenges is because uh, my daughter had her baby three days ago, finally. So um, that's not art related, obviously, but I just wanted to explain why I've been kind of a bit sporadic on the group for the last few days. And oh my gosh, she's so gorgeous. She had a little girl, £6.13, and um, she's beautiful. We we looked after Casey, our five-year-old grandson, for one of the days that she was in hospital. So that was really nice. Oh, I was so exhausted afterwards, though. He literally does not stop talking. <laughs> a bit like you then, isn't it? Oh, charming <laughs> he just doesn't stop talking and he's 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 forever gone through this why stage you know where it's why 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 <laughs> and then this time it was mummy um nanny has the baby come out yet has mummy had the baby yet has mummy had the baby yet and i was like no not yet not yet but she was in labor for 72 hours so it took her a while but um yeah, so I've been spending a, a bit of time, obviously, with Adele and Casey. and um, But, yeah, so it should be all back to normal soon. She'll be coming home on Friday. Um, in arty news, I finished my marble painting. Really, really happy to finally get, get done with that and get onto something new. So I've already got in mind what I want to paint. Um, it is going to be on my website in the next few days if anyone is curious to see it. But I think I shared it on the group Um pretty sure I did anyway uh but yeah so that was that's really nice I'm glad to get that done and also we went to Brighton together recently didn't we Tara for another sketching trip and we had so much fun we got loads of sketching done which was really great um Tara Brighton is quite close to me isn't it so it was quite a trek for you but without taking the journey into account which did you prefer for sketching Brighton or London um <clears throat> probably Brighton because I'd never been so that yeah. was interesting for me and also we didn't he keep having to jump on tubes and stuff to go places but I like both yeah. to be honest I did like both but it was really nice going down by the seafront uh, and I liked we sat in a bar and there was a live singer wasn't there and that was quite interesting trying to draw people moving that much was really interesting wasn't it yeah yeah and it was and nice you, because you really enjoyed the toilets didn't you there because you <laughs> 
you told me I have to go and explore the toilets. It's a great place to sketch in the toilet. It really is because you can see, can't you? Yeah. So, so what it is is um, anyone who hasn't been to Brighton, which I presume would be quite a lot of you. So, on the along the promenade, there's a um, like a bar, and upstairs there's these toilets, and um, it's really strange because it's got a glass wall, so you can see out of the toilets over everybody who's sitting. Um, on all the tables drinking and eating and watching the band but nobody can see in because it's kind of I suppose it's like mirrored is it outside but it feels really really strange because you feel like you're kind of having a wee in front of the entire of East Sussex it's just really off-putting but if you want to sketch people without noticing great place to go (laughs) but I liked it because you know wherever you looked there was something else to draw so there's a completely different view wasn't there so at one point we kind of sat on um uh like it was a mattress almost wasn't it like almost like a four-poster bed but but like the back end of it is facing out onto the beach and then the front end of it was facing out onto where everyone was sitting and watching the band so you've got so like entirely different views and brilliant i i must admit i think i prefer brighton as well and like i think for the same reasons as you london's fantastic place to sketch but the tubes going on and off the tubes to get places i mean it's only five minutes here or there but actually that's a lot of sketching time isn't it yeah it isn't maybe i'll come down in october or something or early november see see how it goes yeah if but you, um you can <laughs> yeah we love we love our trips out together sketching don't we they're always good fun and, and i think we got a lot more sketching done this time didn't we than, than yeah. even we did in london to be honest um it was great yeah but we, we also went out for dinner and i've actually learned that you would do absolutely anything for a free dessert <laughs> i know what you're gonna people, say yeah do you want to tell people first of all what you did before we went to brighton well, well you were staying over in a hotel weren't you yeah. you were just and go over the next morning so I thought oh, well I'll, I'll stay for the evening and um we'll go for dinner somewhere so anyway I was chatting, chatting to my sister-in-law and brother-in-law they said they'd been to Carluccio's for their anniversary a few days before and she said because it was our anniversary we got a free pudding and I thought um, a little light bulb went it went ping above my head and I thought oh this is Brighton gay capital of of Britain I'll just say it's our anniversary <laughs> we'll get a free pudding so I said to Tara <laughs> I said it was quite funny because I, I tried to book this restaurant oh no it wasn't do you know it wasn't Carluccio's was it it was the Ivy that was it it was the Ivy in Brighton that was the original one I was going to book and that's yeah. where you get the free pudding and uh I think I said to you, didn't I? I sent you this uh, menu and it turned out that the menu we wanted wasn't on for that particular day we were going to be there. But I said to Tara, I was going to say to you on the way into the restaurant, by the way, for the next hour, we're married and it's our anniversary because <laughs> I want a free pudding. <laughs> and you were horrified, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> but you also said it when we went actually to the restaurant we went to at the end. You, you told the waiter it was on our anniversary. <laughs> I did because I was hoping that he might give us a free pudding, yeah. but he did. He yeah, didn't. Yeah. So no. never mind. So we, we didn't get a free pudding, but we did get lots no. of free drinks because in Brighton, if you ask for soda, water, and lime, it's free. Just so you yeah. know. But yeah. So anyway, round. what about you? What? <laughs> yeah, what's new with you? Uh, 
Um, so I've been, well, I was intending taking part in our 31 Animals August challenge and I was going to mm. use really loose watercolours, but that turned out to be a bit of a disaster. So I tried doing a few, but they were so bad that like normally I'll post things, you know, I post things even if I'm not that keen, but these yeah. were just a sloppy mess. So I decided that I needed to try and learn how to do it a bit more. So I bought a book by Jean Haynes. Um, oh, I've got one of her books. Yeah, I did a course with her. I did a um, a, I did a yeah, I did a watercolor course with her. Um, can't remember where it was now. I travel quite a bit, but yeah, she does all the really loose. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and she does a lot of uh, roosters, doesn't she? And you start with the eye and you work your way out. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, well, it's still not going particularly well. Because the problem with the book is you can't really tell if she's actually drawing it at any point. And she seems to mainly work wet in wet. But I, yeah. I, don't, I don't particularly like, I don't know about you, but I don't like following word for word an exercise. No. I did do, did do one. So she did a bridge in the book and I tried following that to do the bridge but I absolutely hate that I'd much rather read something and then apply that to something I'm trying to create well that's um, a better but, way of doing it really because a style you want to find your own don't you yeah but it's quite hard to tell when she's letting it dry if she's letting it dry so well, from what I can remember in my course there was no yeah. drying time really she just went work wet into wet really that's yeah, what, what she like. would do yeah. yeah. If she wanted uh, some, if she wanted something not to merge, so yeah. two pieces of watercolour not to merge, what she would do, she'd leave a hairline of white paper between so that they didn't run into each other. That's oh, what I remember right. her doing. The only time I remember her occasionally using a hairdryer was when she was trying to, because she did a lot of drips in hers, didn't she? And she wanted to, if she yeah. wanted them to go like in a, diff, a certain direction, if it was feathers or something, then she'd use that, but more to blow the um, watercolour to where she wanted it. Oh, okay. Well, I actually started yeah. doing, trying animals and I kind of gave up on animals because I know I much prefer drawing faces anyway. So I tried... Mm. I've tried a couple of faces, kind of trying to be loose and wet and wet. They've been a bit better. Last night's were a disaster. But I just thought I'm just going to use this month to experiment a bit and I'm not going to worry about posting unless I feel like it, if you know what I mean. No. Well, no, you should never but, feel yeah. forced to post. But I remember doing that because you know how I paint. So yeah. <laughs> it couldn't have been it couldn't have been any more opposite of what I do. But it was still a lot of fun to do you know that was so, the one you went that you said really uh, didn't your style that wasn't yeah me. that that oh, was it yeah right. oh, yeah okay i i love jean haynes style i absolutely love it but it's just not suited to me yeah. you know that that's yeah. all but um yeah i do love her stuff and great work it was a great workshop but it just wasn't for me because it just wasn't suited to how i i suppose my personality yeah. maybe i don't know but yeah, anyway, so I, interrupted. Carry on. I think it might suit me if I can master it a little bit. And I think I do I do want to learn how to paint in some way, you know, whether it's watercolours, mm. acrylic, I don't know, even though I don't like paint that much, but I'm going to try and get to like it. Well, um, acrylics, you can use like watercolour, can't you? You can. You can really water them down and then they're light fast as well, which is what I think is good about that, whereas watercolour isn't really. I mean, they're better oh, now than they used to be. I don't think I think it's just they have a, I don't know if they're necessarily light fast I think it's just you can't scrub them off the paper yeah maybe maybe I think they're more light fast than 
watercolour though perhaps. Are they? I oh I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Um also we've created some Kicking the Creatives logo t shirts in case anybody fancies one. We put those on Amazon, but you can find them via our website shop page and we've also created a few notebooks, haven't we? So we've been doing that yeah. as well. Yeah, we yeah. have and I've got a pink t shirt, obviously. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love pink. I love it. I keep wearing um, it though all the time. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I actually thought about putting mine on the other day because I've got a sort of yeah. burgundy sort of one, haven't I? With the white text. Yeah, on well, we, we wore them to Brighton, didn't we? Yeah. And we were expecting to be mobbed, we but were, nobody recognised us. Happen, did it? No. No, no. Maybe it's because, right. yeah, maybe if we'd have spoken more loudly, we might have got mobbed. Do you think? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I think I think in, in maybe a few months, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've got anything else. No, I'm trying to try and organise another sketch group thingy, but at the moment I've only got a couple of people signed up on Meetup, so you always get a load dropping out as well, so it could just be me on the pod, I think. Sketching group. Oh, well, it's, it's, all, it's all experience, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Okay, so let's talk about today's topic. So I'm going to sound really intelligent here. As Leonardo da Vinci once said, art is never finished, only abandoned. Now, I've said that. I think that's Leonardo da Vinci that said that. <laughs> Did you not Google it? No. no. <laughs> I relied, I relied on, on my memory. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was him. Uh, some famous artist or other said that, and it's you know never a truer word said, to be honest, because... It's actually come at quite an apt time because I've just said, haven't I, that I've only just finished my marble painting. Yeah. And it's really funny because there comes to a point where you're like, you think, oh, God, I've still got such a lot to do. And then suddenly it kind of creeps up on you and you think, oh, maybe, actually, maybe it's nearly finished. And you can go from feeling like that to feeling like it's nearly finished in 10 minutes. It's really strange. And it's kind of getting used to, used to, I suppose. But um yeah, it's recognising when your piece of art is ready to be abandoned, I suppose, um, to avoid overworking it. And and I think that's something we see a lot in the art world and, and hear a lot of people talking about it. And I've been really guilty of it myself in the past, certainly in my sketchbook. Um, although, thankfully, I think I've gone the other way more these days. Do you think, Tara? Yeah, definitely. But I, before we say that, I want to go back to your marbles because this yeah. is something that just struck me. How the heck do you get those marbles to look like they're beautifully smooth and round because i can't do stuff without having a wiggle on it <laughs> <laughs> wiggly wiggly marbles well yeah. wiggly's lovely it's nothing interesting if we're in a line unless it's wiggly really <laughs> yeah, you, are you talking wiggly. about are yeah, you talking you... about the edges of them yeah so the the round circle basically yeah. what you're saying is how do i get a circle to look like a circle without yeah. being wobbly <laughs> yeah well, don't forget, oil paints are very uh, forgiving, aren't they? I mean, so I'll draw them out. And it, actually, the secret of doing big circles is to use the, sh the shoulder rather than try and use your hand or your wrist. Um, but I've just got really used to drawing circles now. I just, I just roughly draw a circle. Then I'll sort of do a guideline cross just to make sure it looks roughly symmetrical. And then I just keep turning. Because it's funny, because when you do a circle... It can look like a circle, but then you turn it upside down or sideway up and it's suddenly an oval. So yeah. what I do is I keep turning it and turning it until it is clearly a circle all the way. Do you know what I mean? Is that a painting? Because my dad actually... 
Oh, drawing. <coughs> Sorry. Is that That's a drawing stage? Drawing stage, yeah. Drawing stage. Funnily enough, my dad said to me, he said, do you freehand those marbles? And I'm like, yeah, I do, actually. Um, I actually really enjoy it. It's like a bit of a challenge to get the circle perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I've never really... Um, I'm quite good at drawing circles. But then what happens is when I paint, I paint the background in, or do a rough painting of the background just to... And then they'll blur over those edges so they won't be like cutouts they'll be slightly blurred yeah and because really there's never really a a dead um solid outline it's always kind of a little bit blurry so then that gives me a bit of uh yes yeah so then when I start painting the marbles themselves obviously you know the paint's wet by the time I get onto the marbles the background's more dry and then I can just keep wiping on wiping off wiping on and wiping off and blurring the edges so it's not actually that difficult people think it is but it it really isn't yeah i think it would be more it would be harder if you were trying to do say you were trying to do a a circle with watercolor and no no drawing then that would be really difficult because watercolor is definitely not forgiving once you put it down it's there yeah true yeah you can't wipe it off but no all all paints different i think um but yeah it's, it's it's um not knowing, I think, when to stop can be the difference between a fresh and lively piece of work, I think, and something that's really overworked and almost sterile. And I was thinking about this earlier because I'm really, really good at overworking a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying like, really like hard. Just now, just now, you mean. <laughs> well, take your pick. You know I'm terrible, but... Yeah, especially in interviews or interviewing someone. We were talking about this, weren't they? I, weren't we? A few weeks ago, I think we were chatting about this. And I seem to be able to ask a simple question in the most ridiculously, I don't know, elaborate way. And I don't know why. I don't know why it happens. But, you know, I just, I'm trying really hard not to talk so much. But, you know, all the time I'm in my head, I'm thinking, stop talking. My mouth kind of just keeps going. <laughs> and I can feel myself doing it now. Nerves. <laughs> no, it, well, it's not because I can feel myself actually doing it now. So I do, no. I do need to work on that. It might be nerves with interviews because I, I find I get really nervous when we do interviews. But um, us two talking together, I don't feel nervous at all because you'll just tell me to shut up, won't you? If, no. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you anyway, will. Should we carry on? <laughs> okay. So, so, <laughs> so, how do we know then when to put down the pencil or the brushes and just stop? So what are your thoughts on that then, Tara? You and I have had very different approaches, like you said before, because you love detail, whereas I love speed and sort of bore easy. So I think there's a happy medium in there. So we need to create some big masterpieces together, probably. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) finishing less than an hour. I'm telling you that now. Um, (laughs) Because I've always wished I had more patience, whereas you wanted to be looser, didn't you, in your approach? And Not I think, with painting, but with sketching. No, yeah. sketching, yeah, definitely. But I think we've changed a lot. And I think actually probably one way is to work with someone who has, you know, so who has the thing that you want almost. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so, for example, I think I'm prepared to take a little more, bit more time on drawing now, maybe 10 minutes instead of five. <laughs> Plus... <laughs> You know, I've got watercolours out again. That probably would have never happened. You know, so I'm trying that and probably sort of working with you has 
made me prepared to put a bit more time in things. Whereas I think probably you've taken from me, maybe finishing quicker or knowing that you don't need to put all that detail in. Yeah, it's not about finishing so much quicker. That's just obviously comes with being looser, I suppose. But more, I think, about not being so precious about getting it perfect, perhaps. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that is spending time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from my point of view, I'm talking specifically about sketching because, you know, I'm not looking to change my approach to painting. Um, but I used to be really pedantic in my sketchbook, didn't I, as you know? And, yeah. Um, and, I th- and I think, yeah, partly the change to my sketching is from us doing a lot together, you know, including our trips out, which are dedicated to sketching and the fact that I do it so much more now than I used to. And I think that's where confidence comes into it as well. And you know, our sketching trips, as I say, they've really helped us both, I think, haven't they? Um, I think it helps when you sketch with someone on a similar level to yourself, do you think, as well? Yeah, because I think if you, if you sketch with someone, probably if you sketch with someone really way above your level, it could either help because you can learn from them, but you can also get to the point where you feel a bit... Um, intimidated. Maybe. Yes, definitely intimidated. And again, if you're working with someone who you're a lot better than, Obviously, you can't learn so much, can you, that way around either? No. So, yeah, no, but I think, right that way. I mean, although our styles are very different, I think we're at the same point in our level of ability, I think, with sketching. And um, I think that's what's so good when we're out sketching together because neither one of us is embarrassed to share the disasters. It's just one big laugh, really, isn't it? And <laughs> <What> I always. <laughs> one big laugh oh. <laughs> not not disaster although we we've shared a few yeah <laughs> i always think i always think the best people to draw with you know the people that are willing to say yes your bum does look big in that because when you have someone like that i think it's altogether more valuable experience you can just share tips with each other there's no competition or judgment it's just relaxed and fun and you're not scared to show each other the disasters you just have a laugh about it and and move on or maybe the other one will say oh but maybe if you just done this or maybe if you just add that do you know what i mean it's it's really good that way um do you remember do you remember the seagull i drew on brighton beach Yes, I do. I decided in the end it's, yeah. No, it's a pigeon. I decided it looks more like a pigeon than Uh, a seagull. Yeah. And uh, Edward Scissorhands that you drew in the museum in London. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) If you can find someone to sketch with that you can feel totally comfortable with and and happily take the mickey ever out of each other, then I think that's one way to really help build your confidence and just not worry too much about perfection at all. Um, And I think once you're comfortable with making mistakes and just playing with the lines until they're right, then you'll naturally end up with a looser and more energetic piece and you won't feel the need to make it perfect. And I also think that it helps to accept your own imperfections in general. So when you're comfortable with those, you don't feel the need to prove yourself so much. But, you know, that's going down, I suppose, on a whole other rabbit hole. So we won't get distracted by that. But basically, when it comes to art, I think the hardest part is starting. The second hardest part is knowing where to stop. And with a sketch, it can be a matter of one or two strokes that can take something from being lively and energetic to just overworked. I would actually say that sketching out, like, you know, on our sketching trips, so if you sketch from life, especially if you're sketching moving things, that actually prevents you getting too bogged down in detail as well, doesn't it? That makes you know when to stop because if the person's gone, 
your drawing, you can't carry on and overwork that drawing as well. So that is another way to kind of almost speed yourself up and you have to catch the detail there and then you can't labour with it, can you? No, not like a photograph. If you're if you're doing no. from a photograph, it's very easy then to just sort of keep going and keep going and make it right. I think drawing from I've never realised actually just how valuable sketching from life is because I think my sketching has just improved tenfold since I've been doing that and so much faster. Don't get me wrong, my you know drawing from photographs was always great exercise great for practice and perspective and all that sort of thing and but you can't beat drawing from life because you have to just think about the important bits I mean you know I love time sketches and that's because they don't give you time to fiddle around so if you set a a clock for five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever it is you're not going to mess about you're just going to get down what needs doing you're not going to overwork it but I think even if you like working on longer things then you can still do something similar so you can set timed intervals where each say half an hour or 15 minutes you're going to stop stand back take a look see do you need to carry on you know what needs doing then carry on for another 15 minutes half an hour and do the same thing i think you can use that sort of time system but for longer work as well um and you also might even i think wanna... when you sorry just quickly sorry to butt in but also just while you're on that subject when you do a quick sketch like you found in brighton sometimes you sort of looked at it and thought oh i didn't i don't like that i don't like that i don't like that and the next morning you thought actually i really do like that so sometimes looking at something immediately isn't the time to judge it either yeah i was going to say the same thing even if you just stop walk away and get a, you know a cuppa you can come back with fresh eyes can't you do you think that i need a timer um to set before i start a sentence probably yeah <laughs> give myself 10 seconds to get it out <laughs> well you well you bought a timer didn't you because this is what i was completely I amazed by I think it was, was it christmas or your birthday you bought a timer no i just bought a timer oh. it, was, it was about it's about three quid on amazon i know but i thought you got it as yourself as a present i remember you taking a photo and sending it to me and i was like oh you? yeah yeah i was like why have you bought a timer you don't like time drawings and you said to me they look good in your videos yeah (laughs) i look really cool are they mad it's so pointless you set it yeah i should use it actually shouldn't i but you know i i hate doing time sketches like you say but it's funny because when i've got no pressure i can easily create a sketch in just a minute or two now because i just don't overthink it anymore but as soon as i see that timer going i feel like i kind of seize up but then again, you know, I've never been one who works well under pressure, so that probably explains it. But for those people who do, like you, I think time sketches are a really great idea. Well, and, it's amazing. Um, Sorry. Go on. I was going to say, it's amazing because when we go out sketching now, um, you'll often finish your first sketch before I have, which the first time we went to London, I think I'd done three or four. I'm not saying that you necessarily want to sketch quickly, but just the change is quite dramatic. Whereas, you know, I'd probably done one to you, four to your one, and now it's much more even, isn't it? Yeah, I think I was doing kind of more like little drawings rather than just yeah. sketching. And 
you know, when I look back at both the sketchbooks, or well, actually, it's the same sketchbook, isn't it? When I look back at the first ones I was doing in there with Ask Trips Out, you know, I feel that I get a lot more from looking at the ones I've been doing recently. They're much more, um, they just give much more of a feeling of what's actually going on rather than yeah. just focusing on one detail. I've got perhaps going, what's going on around me rather than just this one little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get this but, feeling um, you'll end up having this halfway thing. Yeah, where I'll, I'll yeah, go back I think a little you'll bit. Go back and have a little bit more detail. I reckon. I reckon it's going to merge. That's, yeah, that's it'd be good actually, because that'd be like a little journey, wouldn't it? When you yeah, look through the sketchbook right. from how I started to getting really, really loose to the point where now it's it's so loose, and then going back a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. But one thing I have learned is it's a big mistake to go back and sketch and add something to it. So you might look back and think, oh, you know. If I just tweak that, it might look better. Well, once you start all that, then you're on the way to losing its initial, you know, spontaneous feel. So just appreciate it for what it is and leave well alone. Because I've done that before where I just added something and then wished I hadn't. What about you? Yeah. I actually did it to one of the sketches in Brighton. It was that one. Do you remember the quite eccentric guy in the funny coloured hat? And he was sitting near the guy with the beard with the shirt off. Oh, yeah, the one with... Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, I do, yeah. <laughs> They're very eccentrically dressed. And I tried to draw them in colour, which I didn't get on very well with, with those coloured pencils. So at home, I thought, I wonder if I can save this with some <laughs> fine line of pen, you know, and draw it. It still doesn't look very good. So I probably... I should have just left it, put it down to, yeah, that didn't quite work, but there we go. It, it was no saving it. Should have just left it. Yeah, but yeah. I've also done stuff like that. I did a black and white semi-abstract face in my sketchbook. You know when we had our challenge on, and yeah. I really, really liked it. It was something. It's one of those where you kind of almost do it as a doodle, and you kind of like it because it's spontaneous. I thought, well, I'm going to try adding color to it, and I, honestly, it was terrible. It was like the worst decision I could have made. I should have just left it as it was. <clears throat> Excuse me, but. The fact was, it's just a sketch, so it doesn't matter really. And it was just an experiment, but I should have left it alone because it was it was good as it was. But, you know, yeah. good thing like that is that I'd taken a photo of it before I'd done it, which I think is also always worth doing it. So then you can look back. Um, but we had a really interesting suggestion in our group from Ruth Inman regarding this because I was saying how that I often do doodles in my sketchbook and they're really loose, spontaneous. But then I try and recreate that in a more finished form in colour and they look awful. Because basically what you're trying to do then, you're just trying to copy what you've done. So it's quite sort of stagnant and stiff. And she said, you just can't redo spontaneity. So I learned one thing, don't try. Put the drawing on your printer scanner and scan it, then print multiple copies of it. You can even put watercolour paper in your printer or mixed media paper. Just size the picture accordingly and then paint the copies. I've used both inkjet and laser, and I can say that laser work, work better for watercolour, but inkjet works fine for acrylics. So I think that is quite a clever idea. I haven't tried That's it yet. That's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. Because <clears throat> we have a lot of people in our group, actually, who worry about using colour, don't they? Yeah. And that's quite a good suggestion uh, of how to do it without spoiling the original. And you've so got you can... steps, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. There's one more thing actually as well. We also have got we've got an upcoming interview with artist Barbara Johansson Newman. 
And she's got a great idea. What she does is works on a painting, so like you with your marbles, Sandra. And yeah, then she'll yeah. take a photo when she gets to a certain point. And, you know, maybe she's thinking about trying something or adding a certain colour in here or whatever. And then she'll do that digitally. So she'll mess about in Photoshop, try what she was thinking about doing with paint, see if it works. And then only then when she's happy with it, will she actually do it on the actual physical painting. Yeah. It's funny, actually, because with my marble painting, I kind of stopped short a bit, really. I, I, I was too worried about overworking it so I thought it was finished mum and dad came over actually and they said oh can we see your painting so I showed them and they loved it but it's funny I just I couldn't put my finger on what it was but I just felt that it wasn't quite there was something not quite finished about it maybe and maybe it did need a bit more but maybe a little bit brightening up some highlights or whatever so I left it a few days I left it a week actually and went back to it and just started to just brighten up some bits and certain areas um, of the background. And it's funny because that one session, I spent about half an hour on it, lifted it to a whole different level again. And then I I remember thinking, now you're finished. I know you're finished. And there's always that little bit that says, oh, I could just add this, but then that's like a no, 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 I don't need to. I, I looked at it, it was, it's finished. But so that, uh, sometimes, you know, you can stop a little bit too early in painting because of that fear of overworking. But that's when, like you say, stepping away or photographing it, just stepping away from it and, um, you know, leaving it for a while is a great way of kind of being able to judge it. But, you know, it's so often true that less is is more, usually. And some of my favourite sketches in my sketchbook are the ones where I haven't even added a face. And, um, you know, for the most part, when it comes to sketching, you're aiming to express the feel of a scenario rather than the perfect image of what you're looking at. So yeah. if you look at... Go on. No, sorry. I was just going to say, if you want to see those sketches you're talking about, they're in an art kick Sunday, aren't they? The ones without the faces. Yeah, they're in our indicating faces video. Yeah, that's it. Um, Is that one out yet? It will be, won't it? By the time that's one out, that's out. Yeah. So if you look at scribbly sketches with wobbly lines and accidental ink splodges, then there's something much more I think that's interesting about it than those clean, you know, more careful ones. And I think it makes you feel part of the process when you're looking at it. If it makes any sense. You know, there's someone in our Facebook group, isn't there? And she often apologises for her wobbly lines. I'm sure you know who I mean. Um, But for for me, I think that's the appeal of her drawings. It almost makes me think, oh, yeah, that belongs to so-and-so, you know. I'm not going to say because I I wouldn't want to mention anyone in case they didn't want me to. But, you know, if if her lines were perfect, then I don't think her drawings would be nearly as, as lovely and interesting as they actually are. So things like that, I don't think you need to worry about. I mean, that gives her style, doesn't it? Like you say. I, I, I think it does, yeah. And there is that thing where, you, like we said before, that some media is much easier to overwork than others. So acrylic, you can keep on adding layers, can't you? I mean, I'm guessing with oils, even if you go past the point you should have done, can you take it back? Well, yeah, as long as you, I mean, it's it's easy. Say if you're painting a la prima, which means basically doing one sitting and finishing a painting. Yeah, yeah, you can you can wipe it off with a rag and start again. If you're working in layers, you have to be a bit more careful because you don't want to 
wipe off what's underneath because you're working over something that's touch dry but not necessarily rub proof if you know what I mean so um but yeah they are forgiving you can you can take off you just have to be a bit more careful if it's layers yeah I mean as I mentioned earlier I've been experimenting with these loose watercolors and I haven't been drawing I've been trying to do it without doing any drawing first and I've really Mm. killed a few of the sketches because I'll start doing the wetting wet and then it just ends up being a complete splodgy mess you know because I think oh it's not quite right I need a bit of color in there but I think you know sometimes it's okay if you're still learning that's okay you don't know when to stop you don't know how to control these things so you have to kill a few sketches to know that you've killed it almost if you know what I mean do you find it's muddy um I just find when you it, add lots of color I find that it's I've overdone it because I think I go too dark sometimes. I know you always say that people say sometimes that watercolour ends up wishy-washy. But I think I've got some new watercolours and they are quite intense. I actually think I'm using them (laughs) too intense rather than... I don't know. I don't don't know. I agree with that because with watercolour, I think that that's what a lot of people don't like about watercolour is they think, yeah, it is wishy-washy. And I always used to think that as well. But the point is you can... It always dries a lot paler than you put it on and you can go in really intensely with it and actually the best way to use watercolor in my experience is using it as intensely as you possibly can in the first go so you don't have to keep going over it in layers and actually when I went to that Jean Haynes workshop that's something she stressed quite a lot go in really intensely you know use it as a really powerful pigment color don't dilute it too much she wets her she used to wet her page Right. Um, so, so she'd she'd wet the page in the area she wanted to paint, and she'd drop the pigment into the water. But she's she'd not drop doing it in that in really book, strongly. No, she's... but there's well, you, yeah. I mean, there's different ways of doing it. But when she was showing us, she would yeah. make the paper damp or whatever if she wanted a not if she didn't want a hard edge, which most of her paintings she doesn't want a hard edge, and she'd go in really strongly. And because and the reason she did that is because she wanted to use as as you know fewer layers as possible because the more layers or merging you get with colors the more you're likely to get mud yeah um so yeah go in strong i think but i think the best way of avoiding creating mud is to use just transparent colors and avoid the opaque ones as much as you can because that makes the likelihood of forming mud a lot less likely if you work with transparents it's very unlikely you're going to get muddy colours. So, you know, overworked watercolours, I think, are the most obvious and unforgiving, I think. But, I mean, I use my I use oils, don't I, for my paintings, which is really yeah. different. And I've learned over time that when I lay a brush stroke that doesn't make a difference for better or for worse, that's normally the time to stop. But if I'm in doubt, like I say, I turn it against the wall, look at it a week later with fresh eyes. And if nothing's immediately obvious, then I'll leave it right there. With watercolours, again, you can do the same thing, just... Don't overdo it. Or rather do overdo it, but do it straight away in one hit. If you yeah. can. I, I don't know if mine necessarily muddy. It's probably more like I've I've lopped into too much of a strong colour in an area. Do you know what I mean? It just yeah, looks yeah. it's just I've I basically killed it with a massive yeah. say, purple shadow or something like that. Because I've got a bit of a right. thing purple. You do love your purple yeah, shadows. I've got a thing purple. <laughs> <laughs> no but that i mean it's great i think they're really effective but 
Um, yeah, maybe I think with shadows, that's something to be more subtle with, perhaps. Um, if you're trying to do a dark area, then don't be afraid of the dark. Make it dark. But shadows aren't necessarily very dark, are they? They can be quite subtle. Yeah, I don't so really maybe... do subtle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what makes you you, you isn't it? It's what makes your style <laughs> what it is. I think it's great. But, you know, it doesn't take long to get used to something, does it? I bet you in a few weeks' time, a couple of weeks' time, you'll be thinking, oh, yeah, I've got the hang of this now. That's what I'm hoping. So we'll, we'll mm. see. So, yeah, I might start yeah. sharing them if they become semi-decent. And actually... So when do I, you stop then? What, with the watercolour? Yeah. Oh, when they get to the point they're going in the bin at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just... I say, it's not It's not like I'm painting a proper picture, if you know what I mean. I'm experimenting. So I tried to do a few faces last night and it's like, nope. But it's not even necessarily overworking. I just don't know how to control it yet. So... I think knowing when to stop is definitely a thing that comes with experience. So if I'm yeah. using brush pens or if I'm using a fine liner and water, doing a kind of sketch type thing, I I know when to stop. Um, usually, yeah. because I've done it enough that you know I'll go I'll go past it sometimes, and or I'll merge it too much. But I don't know yet with watercolors, so it's going to be a thing that comes with experience. Yeah, yeah. But you said before, didn't you, about photographing your work, doing it in stages or something? Yeah, I mean, what I was saying was if I'm going to put colour on something, I will take a photo before I put colour on it, definitely. Right, right. Because um, I might like the black and white, but I think, oh, I want to see yeah. what it looks like. But but again, I, I'm not doing highly finished works like you you are, but you could use it in the same manner. So just do it in stages, like, okay, I've got to that point. So then you look back at the previous stage and you think it's a learning thing, basically. You look back and think, did I make the right decision to put that mark on there? Did I yeah, not make the right yeah. decision? Um, it can't, you can't go back at the time, but it just, you can look back and think, no, I should have stopped at that point. And if you've turned your painting away for a week or so and you're still unsure, there's another way of spotting something, I think, that um, might need more work. And that is to look in a mirror so or look at the painting in the mirror or the sketch in the mirror and sometimes that can help and I don't know what it is I think it's um a sort of level of detachment maybe or just seeing it from a different because it's flipped isn't it in a mirror so sometimes you can spot things that wouldn't normally be so obvious and like you say a, a great way is to photograph it but also if you photograph it upload it to your computer and again, you know, you can detach from it and look at it almost as if it's not yours and spot whether or not you've overworked it or there's things to do that you didn't notice before. I mean, I always find as well, if I can't put my finger on something that doesn't look right in a painting, I know this isn't quite what we're talking about, um, but if you just think, oh, I'm not quite sure, this, what, what's wrong with it? I can't put my finger on it. Quite often it's to do with tonal values and I think the easiest way to spot that is to change your image on the computer to black and white because if there's not enough contrast between lights and darks that's most likely your problem because if it doesn't work in black and white it definitely won't work in colour and I think what we were saying about wishy-washy watercolours that's a good way of telling actually because if you if you turn a, a, a watercolour to black and white from a photograph if it pretty much looks all the same tone then there's a problem. It should yeah, be. No, there should be. 
Yeah, there should be a pattern of really darks and really lights and middle tones. There should be a pattern of them. If there isn't, then there's there's definitely a problem. And it sounds to me like maybe you've got quite, you know, a bit too much dark going on. Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, otherwise, if in doubt, just leave it out. <laughs> That's what my mum always says. If in doubt, leave it out. And she's right. It's done. You know, you say that in a funny accent, don't you? What? If in doubt, leave it out. If in doubt, do leave what? it out. And that's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> you should be oh, like Cockney no. or something, shouldn't it? Do you, do you know it's funny because somebody said to me the other day, "There's a there's a there's an actual name for my accent. Can't remember what it's called now, but apparently it's cross between the Queen's English and Cockney." <laughs> Queen's English. In other words, really, you know, really, it's a cross between posh and Cockney. All right. I wouldn't say you so sound Cockney, you, but I think that phrase sounds like it should be said Cockney. Oh, if in doubt, leave it out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even speak Cockney. <laughs> <sighs> I haven't had enough Rosie Lee this morning, clearly. No. Um, I know when I'm working on a graphic design piece and I start to think about what I could add to it, like say I think, oh, this is not quite working. What can I add to this to make it work? That's when you need to stop. If you start thinking about things that you could add to a painting or a drawing, you've probably, you're either at the point where you should be stopping or you've gone too far already. That's what I think anyway, because you want to keep things as simple as possible, like the if you dare thing. <laughs> That was Australian. <laughs> I can't do accents either. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And and what you just said then, it's it's what I used to feel um with my painting, you know, oh what can what can I add then to make it better? And and I totally relate to that, what you just said. But I don't do that ever anymore. But yeah, I used to when I was beginning. What can I add? Yeah. The best thing yeah. is not to add anything. If you like it, leave it, you know. Taking um, away actually is sometimes better, well, especially if you yeah. can take it away. You know, if you're working mm. digitally or some way that you can, sometimes you think, yep, yeah, too put too much in there. Yeah. But when it comes to a sketch, you you know, people say, oh, yeah, I could take it away with a, a rubber. Well, of course, there's something about using a rubber that makes it, it does make it overworked because even though you're taking something away, you can always tell when a rubber's been used, can't you? Yeah, unless you just use a tiny bit. If, if you use it on a big area, yeah, you really can. Yeah. And I think it's so spontaneous as well. If 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 you're just lose sketching, just to lose, use a pen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One common mistake I think particularly beginner artists often make is that they stay way too close to their painting as they work without stepping right back on a regular basis throughout the process. So it's a, it's really easy to get lost in a detail close up and then move on to another detail and then move on to another one. And, you know, you can forget to stand back and look at the piece as a whole. And you might find that those tiny details are just killing it because, you know, it works when you stand back from it. And so they're just not needed. And there are times when the best thing about a painting is, is the blanks that allow your mind to fill it in, you know. So if you can, have a runway between you and your easel and step back every few minutes to view the whole piece. And, and it's not meant to be viewed close up anyway. Paint, paintings aren't meant to be viewed close up. But I know that when I was designing my, uh, when my husband was building my studio and I was sort of designing where I wanted things, my, one of the most important things I wanted was a, a lot, you know, a long length of room between me and the easel so that I could continuously keep walking back 
and forward. And now I, I probably do that every sort of five, 10 minutes. I'm, I will step right back from it, if not more. Yeah, I was, I was thinking it's even more important if, if you work flat as well, isn't it? If you work flat and you're just sitting on a table, you almost want to prop whatever you're doing up. Because yeah. you get all sorts of distortion as well. I mean, I found this recently. I've I've drawn something on the flat, and then you realise it's too narrow. You know, you need to widen yeah. it up a bit, and, and you can't see that either working flat or yeah. You, know, you want to sit that down and walk just a little bit away from that as well. It's funny. I, I sketched a friend of mine years ago, um, and we're going back oh, about fifteen years or so, and I was sketching her on a flat table. And I was really pleased. I thought, oh, I've really got a likeness. And as soon as I picked it up, it didn't look anything like her. And what happened was this perspective was all wrong because I was looking at her, you know, in front of me and drawing on a flat table. Yeah. So I never draw like that anymore because I've got a – well, you've got a drawing table now, haven't you, as well? And, yeah, and yeah. it tilts. I always work with mine tilted upwards. I don't like working flat. The only time I ever will work – um relatively flat is when i'm doing overhead shots for our videos yeah um but generally speaking i don't i like to work with it sort of at at least a 45 degree angle anyway see i really like to work just on my lap so when i'm doing watercolors in the evening i'm just sitting with i've got a big board sitting with that but i'm not working that big it's not so bad if you're just working on a small it's when you're working on a4 or bigger isn't it you know height wise yeah, I'm not sure oil paints in my living no, room no, that's <laughs> that would be any no, good. I wouldn't do acrylic in there either. Uh, no, no. Uh-huh. You know, when it comes to sketching, though, try, if you don't get out and sketch from life very often, you know, that's a good point. You can do it in front of the TV because you're sketching things moving. Just capture what you see and the minute the picture changes, move on to something else. You might get half a nose. It doesn't matter. It's just getting used to sketching things just while you're looking at it and when they've gone sketch something else so that's an, another good way of practicing not overworking just accepting that you only had five seconds to capture that now you've got the next five or ten seconds to capture something else so it's a really good way of practicing you know just um getting over it getting over the fact that you've just sketched something that's unfinished you know i always wish i had one of those photographic memories wouldn't it be great if you could just look at something on the TV, start drawing it, and it will be fixed in your head. You know, there are people like that, aren't there? I know. It'd be amazing. And, and they have got photographic. And there was a boy, I'm sure he was only a boy, and didn't they, they took him in a helicopter across a city. I don't know what city it was. It might have been London, I don't know. But they literally flew him across um, the London, let's say, um, in a helicopter, and then he then had to draw what he saw on a full-scale wall and he drew every single detail, every window, everything. And they did the same with Parliament. I think it was definitely the same boy. He drew the Houses of Parliament when he just literally just looked at it, stared at it and then went off and, and drew what he'd seen. So it is a photographic memory. I was I was never sure that was a thing, but it actually really is. Yeah, he of course his yeah that's it that's it you're right yeah so you've heard of him as well and um it was really interesting because he was 
drawing all this minute detail because he'd seen it all and he was including it all but it was fantastic but generally speaking of course none of us have got photographic um, memory so we just have to work with what we've got but I have heard a really good thing to do when you're um, an artist to exercise that memory muscle is to play these games you can there's a there's a game actually I think we've got it in the loft it's called stare and what it is is you've got these pictures of all these different things so it might, might be I don't know so it might be in the kitchen sink or on the side in the kitchen whatever there's all these different um photographs and then what happens is on the back of the card you've got all these things you've got to remember in the photograph so you you just basically stare at the picture and then you've got to list as many of the things afterwards that you can remember from staring at it. I think it's just one minute you've got to stare at it. So, yeah, games like that, those memory games, supposedly are really good for artists right. to just exercise that part of their brain. Yeah, I won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually quite like memory games. Do you? Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> So last time's question was, what does your typical creative day look like? And we've got a few answers. Do you want to start, Sandra? Yeah, we've got Julie Kitt says, waking up at 7am, wandering over to my desk and hopping straight into about five different projects before I even eat or shower. I think I'd need to have something to eat first, wouldn't you? Yeah, I have to have breakfast. I've got MJ Stead and she says, up by seven, coffee, shower, dog park and painting the studio from 12 till six. I often go back into paint after dinner too. I've got Ben King, up at 6.30 with my now one-year-old son, work by eight, draw during lunch from noon to one, home by five, baby in bed around 8.30 to nine, little more drawing if I'm not prepping a lesson. I've got Nick Tate West and she says, wake, stretch, timed exercise. Flex, work in progress, cardio, commissions, endurance, graphic design, torture, Etsy listings, play, photography, relaxation, doodles and sleep. She's got it all planned out. <laughs> I kind of guessed that the first thing would be wake. Yeah. <laughs> Mumsy Savo, she says, wake, shower, volunteer work at the local hospice care shop, check phone, look for inspiration after dinner cooked by himself cover the table with all my materials and start straight into a drawing i've got veena madu and she says work from nine till five thirty ish trying to fit creative activities around it spend train rides either messing on music apps or listening to instrumentals and writing lyrics to them some graphic design study at night some drawing painting on the weekends ideally i would like them to go in hand in hand one art form inspiring the other and Colin Pigeon, up about 6.30, work from 8 until 4.30, paint at lunchtime sometimes, home to do chores and sort out kids, etc. Paint from 9.30 till 1am or so, go to bed with bleary eyes and a sore back. I could not paint from 9.30pm to 1am, my goodness. Me neither. Well, you're in bed about uh, 9, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm neither a morning person or or an evening person now i'm normally in bed reading at nine and then yeah. i'm lights off at ten yeah. got deb, deb saying she has art art and then more art that sounds like a perfect day to me um and we've got susan simon sweet line art i get the brushes i love and the watercolors cut 90 pound hot press into a small sheet and paint and the day she wrote that one it looks like she painted a dog so lovely 
What about you, Tara? What's your creative day look like? Um, well, quite often shooting videos for Art Kick Sundays. Uh, and yeah. in the evening, I'm well, I'll do a bit of what well, I did a bit of writing, you know, for, for work and maybe a bit of graphics. And then in the evening, dinner. And then I've been trying watercolors at the moment. So, how about you? Hmm. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> it depends what day it is because my creative days these days are a little bit more, let's say, odd than they used to be. So if I'm just concentrating on painting, that's fine. I'll get up, um, have my coffee or whatever, and then go into the art studio. And then I will stay in there for about four or five hours probably. Um, and then that, that's it. I'm drained after that, to be honest. But when I'm doing um, creativity for fun, like the art, kick sunday videos that could mean anything they can be a little bit different a little bit odd shall we say i can be doing anything from um reading art books on the toilet to uh being very creative in the bath so (laughs) anything can happen on a art kick sunday video day um so yeah it can be all sorts of things we've got a new question are you gonna read that we have We have, yeah. So today's question is, what's most important to you and why? The creative process or the outcome? So what's most important to you and why? The creative process or the outcome? And as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kick Creatives or let us know in the Facebook group, which by the way, if you haven't joined, I highly suggest you do. We will put the question up there and also on the Facebook page and of course on our Instagram page, Kick in the Creatives. Before we go, we just want to mention the challenges we have coming up for September. So do you want to start with the first one? Yep, I've got Sketchathon September. So September is almost here and that sketchbook you promised yourself would be full this year has gathered an entire inch of dust, each page remaining completely blank. Well, now is the time to change that. We are challenging you to fill at least one page of your sketchbook every day throughout the month of May. Of of September, sorry. The object here is to form a sketching habit and to finally make that sketchbook something interesting to look at. Okay, and I've got Quotember, which is a new challenge, and we're challenging you to create an inspirational quote using unusual text such as calligraphy or your own unique font every day throughout the month of September. Imagine how many people you would inspire with your words every day, including yourself. This is a challenge to help you train your mind and others to think more positively. I'm looking forward to that one, I must say. Um, Quick Kick September. Quick Kicks are our monthly creative challenges that you can complete in 15 minutes or less per day. For Quick Kick September, we are challenging you to create a blind contour drawing or painting every day of the month. To create a blind contour drawing, simply decide on your subject. This could be anything you like, a still life, a friend's face or something in a reference photo. Then draw your subject by studying it carefully, but do not look at the paper as you draw. I've got Kick Time September. Kick Time is our monthly creative challenge designed for those creatives who would rather sink their teeth into one big project over the whole month rather than take part in lots of smaller ones. And it's designed for any sort of creative project. We'll give you a prompt each month and you can use it to inspire a story, a poem, a piece of art, a piece of music, animation, you name it, the list is endless. The best part is you get to work on a creative project for that whole entire month. And this month's prompt is metal. 
So don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreative.com to find out how you can take part in those challenges or some of our other upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would be so grateful if you would just leave us a little review on iTunes or even just a star rating. Five will do. Also, don't forget to check out and subscribe to our weekly YouTube videos, Art Kick Sunday. The videos are lighthearted and fun, but genuinely informative too. So if you want a chuckle, check out the ones we've aired so far. So that's it then. We'll chat again soon. Yep. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. news i finished my marble painting finally took me a while this one um did you hear that that was siri yeah. all yeah. of a sudden started talking to me out of nowhere <laughs> oh god knows why huh must have pressed something uh, no my, no it, it was on the windowsill <laughs> <laughs> and i've and i've literally got it on do not disturb how weird is oh. that